Hey guys, welcome back to my City of Champions podcast, where this is attempt at intro number 14. So I think I'm just going to run with this. On this show, I talk to the most interesting people in Edmonton from the world of sports, business, and the arts. Um, thank you so much for the feedback you guys have given me already on the show. I think my first three episodes I'd consider success. It really means the world that you guys continue to engage with the content um, and you've given me recommendations on who to speak with in the future. I already have a great lineup of people for the next few weeks, but I really appreciate any and all feedback and advice you guys have. My guest today was a recommendation. In fact, I was told you got to check out this guy. He lives this crazy adventurous life. He does solo trips in the Rocky Mountains several days at a time. Michael Dietrich. So Michael and I discuss his life as a solo adventure specialist, his dog Bear Bear, whom he takes along on these adventures, the psychological effects of isolation, we talk about the importance of avoiding distractions and living in the moment, we talk about Michael's fitness philosophy and general life philosophy, plus we talk about a lot more. So I highly recommend you guys give Mike a follow. He can be found at Instagram, on Instagram at Michael Dietrich, that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D-I-E-T-R-I-C-H. You can link to him through my followers. And on YouTube, he's Mountain Mike. So please enjoy my conversation with the Mountain Man. Okay, Michael Dietrich, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate it on such a nice day for you to take an hour out of your, I'm sure, hectic schedule to sit down and have a little conversation uh, yeah. about your life and what it is that you do. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a good time. Just, I like to think we have some fun, you know, <laughs> have a good chunk of freedom and yeah, it's going to be a good time. So, okay, for the people who don't know, what is it exactly that you do? How do you describe yourself? Because I'll frame it this way, like I was trying to write the intro to what we're going to talk about and I couldn't find any category to box you into. Like you do so many things. I think that's the hardest thing is when someone asks you what do you do, you all of a sudden you get self-conscious and you think you're pretty cool and then you can't really explain it. <laughs> but I like to do anything and everything that I can do that's physically active with my body and just be as venturous as I can. Use, you know, whether that's cycling or hiking or kayaking or playing sports, any way that I can bet- better myself, that's what I like to do. So one category I would label it as solo adventure specialist essay that's a, yeah, that's, a, that's a good way of putting it um, how did this start you do these unbelievable trips mostly alone well not alone I should say with your dog yeah um, never do- alone do- yeah, never alone you yeah. document it on YouTube on Instagram how did this all start so it was actually a really funny story I have one of my best friends Matt Tran he comes up and he tells me I have to watch this TV show called dual survival essentially the premise of what that is two guys get dropped off in a scenario in the middle of wherever it is and they need to get out of this situation so he keeps telling about the show and telling me about the show and i'm not a big tv guy but eventually i pop it up and i check out dual survival and i'm like yeah i can do this this looks pretty cool so i told a couple of my other friends about it i'm like we got to go do this camping thing like i think it'll be really fun like a guy's getaway good way just to like build some camaraderie and get out and do it. So before jumping in over our heads, we did some car camping, which is essentially load your gear up, you got your car, you pitch the tent, and it's good and it's comfortable, right? You got uh, you got coolers, you got a big fancy tent, 
You can have an air mattress and kind of like whatever it is you need. Right. It's like glamping, like glamorous super, camping. Super glamping. It was so, you know, it was nice. We had Caesar salads. We had drinks and blah, blah, blah. You know, we had everything. Yeah. So we did that. We found an amazing area around Abraham Lake. And it's a little bit different than reserving a site. It's uh, crown land. So you can go in, pitch up the area, and you can do essentially whatever you want within, within reason, respectfully. And, you know, so we went in, we set up camp. The next day we planned a day hike and we went in uh, an area called Pinto Lake Trail. So we're just completely new to this whole situation. We have our bear spray, we had machetes with us. We had our day packs because we don't really know, we're, you know, we're not outdoorsmen. And we went in along this trail and it was so cool and it was so beautiful and it was awesome with friends. So we went in, did our day hike, came back out and uh, essentially just called it a day. Mm-hmm. From there, my, my friend Matt that told me about dual survival, we kind of took that to the next level, which you would call that backcountry camping. Right. Which is you got all your gear, you're self-sufficient, everything's in your bag, you head out into the middle of wherever you're going, and you sustain yourself. So it was kind of a trial and error thing. Always at the start, you're going to have gear that you didn't need, you're going to overpack, you're going to forget things. And it, you know, it might be a little bit of a mess of the situation, but we pulled things off and it was actually a pretty good trip. Um, we had, we had a really good time. We kind of underpacked, we were freezing, didn't realize how crazy the weather can get in the middle of nowhere, but essentially, so that was our first one that I did with him from there. Uh, we would go in with friends and we'd always go a little bit further and push the limits just a little bit more and a little bit more. So I think after the first six months is when I went out and I did my first solo adventure. Right. So how long, how many nights had you done with your buddies before you went out into your own adventure? Normally it was around two or three nights was kind of the standard because you leave on the Friday, you're there Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, come back Monday sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it was nothing like overly long, but you just set out and... Three days uh, is is enough time. Usually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can kind of get in your own in your own head when you're with friends. Um, sometimes it goes by a little too quick. Right. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine that. So then, how did you prep and and set yourself up for your first uh, solo trip? Uh, need to grab a little bit of different gear because you're splitting gear between you know two or three guys and you're going in. So grab some different gear, some lighter stuff, and me being me, of course, I go out and. Did my first one, it was in winter. So it was winter, it was 20 minus 20 odd something. So decided to head out and go into an area called Lake of the Falls, which is about 30 kilometers away. So it was around 16 hours of hiking into the middle of nowhere by myself, which <laughs> everyone said try small and I don't really like doing things small. No. So I pushed the limits there a little bit. And I noticed a couple different things is it is very different being by yourself. You're a lot more in your own head with your own thoughts. And uh, it's, it's an amazing time, it's very different. It's less fun and it's more challenging, but I really have always enjoyed that aspect of it. I love winter camping. It's a whole different element to things. And Had you winter camped before you did your first solo no. winter camp? No, of you just not. winged it. Just winged it. So you're insane, first of all, but Let's in a good w- in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Because normally when you do something for the first time, you've got that <clears throat> learning curve. The stakes are really small, right? Like, oh, if I if I try something and it doesn't work out, you don't die. But you could have died. It's a, it's a bad situation. <laughs> and it's, that was one thing that I learned, and it was another question that you asked me in the prep for this: is 
have you ever had any close encounters? And there's two major things that you're gonna run into. Mm -hmm. One is gonna be wildlife, two is gonna be mother nature. Right, so and I wanted I, to touch on both of those. So right. do you have some, some, some interesting situations you got yourself into? Well, animals are one thing. Mother nature is the one I've learned more than anything of how powerful that can be. And it's something that's so unpredictable in the mountains. It is ridiculously unpredictable. In that, in that encounter of my first trip, it wasn't overly terrible, but you really do realize that when you're, when you're hiking, you're getting sweaty, and then to try to build a fire in winter by yourself when your hands are frozen, it's, it's a very, very different situation than when you're, when you're with friends who kind of split the duties. So yeah, things can get a little bit crazy out there. Right, what I've found too, cause I've done a bunch of outdoor trips growing up in Vancouver. Yeah. We did two week hiking trip in, um, in Wells Gray. We had to get our food airlifted into us halfway through. Like yeah. it was pretty intense. But what you don't realize is that when you're out away from civilization, there's no, there's no refuge. Like you can't just go in your house and warm up. You can't just change a pair of socks. Like you can't it's go every little water. thing. It's, every it's little water thing. collecting water, having to chop a hole through the ice in with an axe, which is going to make you sweaty to get the water. You can't turn up the temperatures. Like all these little <laughs> things you take for granted is why those two or three night trips you come back and you're like, man, I just want to grab a Tim's coffee, hop yeah. in a bath and relax for a little bit. Right. Yeah. Do you find you have a greater appreciation for our kind of comfortable city life after oh, spending so much it's time It's ridiculous. Out? And it's, it's being out of that comfort zone that you grow. So I, I'm always trying to better myself. So I've tried to put myself out of my comfort zone as much as I possibly can at any given time. Does like normal life just get easier after? I being... think it does a hundred percent. Like, there, you know, when you're when you're out there, you're literally there's times you're like battling to stay alive in in the middle of winter. I I ta have taken friends out with me that are crazy enough to come on these trips, and uh, some of them they really like it and enjoy it. Other ones they say that was unreal. I'm so glad I did it, but there's no way I'm ever doing that again. Right. So, but you know, when, once you have good gear and you kind of acclimatize yourself to it. Um, I've been up in, in minus 40 with some severe winds when we had all those uh, weather warnings last year. Right. And it's okay. Like as, as long as you're careful and calculated, but room for error, if you were to go through the ice or you're, you're done. So what's the, the learning curve on these trips that you do? For example, is there a trip you've done recently that if you had attempted like right when you were starting, you might not have, you know, not that you might not have made it, but you might've made some, some critical errors. Yeah. A, a big part of it, I think, that I, I tell everyone is don't get in over your head, which I tend to do myself. <laughs> do as my, I say, not as I do. Exactly. But uh, your level of fitness is a really big one and something that I try to work on when I am at home, you know, for my, my Monday to Friday while I'm training, is to try to put myself in that best physical condition that I can. Because um, you do hear a lot of horror stories of, of guys, they go and they hike in and they honestly just run out of gas. Mm -hmm. And then they either can't make their way out of the situation that they're in. Right. So preparing myself for that, um, both physically and mentally, um, if I am ever put in a bad situation, I've tried to prepare to the best of my capabilities. Right. A lot of people think they're fit, right? Like you go to the gym, they lift some weights, like maybe four or five, six times a week, and, yeah. and they've got muscle. But for an hour or two yeah. at a time. But it's, very, it's very different when you got you know 50 pounds on your back for... 16 hours in and out of the dark in the middle of winter right. things get a little different so what do you do to prepare in the city when you're not on these trips to make sure that you're not gassing out when you're out there it's a lot of just other activities and things i enjoy um i'm cycling you know you go in you just hammer down on a on a on a big ride and you're pushing yourself to those 
those limits very different than going out and hiking but still you're putting yourself in that area of discomfort for hours on end and uh yeah i think there's a lot of room for growth when you're out of that that area of comfort and a lot of uh, people don't do that enough what percentage of battling out in, in harsh conditions would you say is physical and what percent would be mental it's a really good question i think you can uh, overcome anything mentally but you want to have yourself a good physical backing i because my friends they, they've always said um you know with people that go out and they worry about me you never need to worry about him because mentally he'll be able to get himself out of a out of a situation i try to prepare physically but um you know i, I could be wrong i could get in a sticky situation but mentally i I'd have to, it would have to be pretty bad. So you, I'm sure you tell people where you're going, your plot, your, your approximate time frame. It's not like 127 hours. Yeah. That story where James Franco played the guy who actually emboldened, was it Colorado? I think it was, and he got his arm cut. Yeah, he fell in the crevasse and got his arm cut in the boulder, and then yeah. had to saw, he was stuck there for 127 hours and yeah. had to cut his own arm off. So yeah. you're not in jeopardy of that ever because people know where you are, right? People, yeah, people do know where I am. You do carry a, an emergency device, which I do carry now which is essentially you hit a button. If you needed to get airlifted out of that situation, um, you could get a, you know, a helicopter to come in. So I do, I do have that as a backing. It's really nice, it is always a fallback that you have this emergency response unit that if you need to, you can, for two reasons, one, check, check in with loved ones that you, you know, you're safe, so they have peace of mind that you're okay. Because in fairness to them, when I'm out in the middle of nowhere for three or four days, you, your mind starts to wander if you're not getting those check-ins. Right. Um, and then if I did need to get airlifted out um, and I was capable of pressing that button, that I could have search and rescue come for me. So it's a transponder, like they've got your GPS coordinates? Yeah, so then they, they come in and help me um, if needed, which is good. That's wild. So the technology just much must make this whole pursuit not easier but safer and more reliable it it definitely is now you know technology is coming in very very slowly with satellite phones so there can be two-way text and Mm -hmm. voice and all that kind of stuff um and you could get crazy and get on on top of all that connect or all that technology but is it is really nice to actually just get in there and disconnect that's what i was going to say disconnection is something that i really strive for Mm -hmm. as much as i do have you know, and I'm always in areas that are out of service, which is the which is the best part. Right. I don't want service. I don't want to see or talk to anyone when I'm out um, on these adventures. Right. It's such a huge part of it. I think like we did a 24 hour solo once, and it's amazing. Even just 24 hours, we weren't far from each other on one of these trips. Like we were just maybe a few hundred feet from each other with our own setup and our own you know sleeping bag for yeah. overnight. But to just be by yourself without any communication, any other human being, it like it kind of plays with your head a little bit right like it's not as easy as people think yeah I I wasn't gonna get into this but on that first winter solo hike I went in and I left some loose ends open at home where uh you know I hiked in and as as I'm hiking if there's no vibration in your pocket or red light or anything to stop your train of thought and there's a lot of things that was I thought it was in a mentally very healthy spot and as I was out there by myself hiking in in the dark following animal prints it's crazy how much your mind can start to wander and you know I'm, I'm worried about just crazy things I'm worried worried about my family and you know the word the the road conditions were bad what happens I'm I'm sick or some illnesses my dog okay did I lock the door and all these inner anxieties that I didn't know I had all of a sudden started to surface when I was out there and there was things I did you know I don't see my family enough and I don't tell this person I care about them enough 
So when I was out there, um, it really made me realize that when I'm back, I got to set myself up before I go. I got to tell my loved ones, you know, that I love them and I appreciate them and I'll be back at this time. And, you know, something as simple as just making sure my email is clean before I leave so that I have a very clean, healthy mind before heading out there. Because uh, when, once your mind gets spiraling out of control, it's like buckle up and hold on, here we go. Because it is very hard to um, stop some of those negative thoughts once they get going. Yeah, well, there, there's a really interesting psychological sort of principle that being out in Mother Nature in the wilderness is extremely beneficial for your psyche, for your mental state, because you no longer get all the... 21st century input you're not getting all the top-down over stimulating overriding input that we get from everyday life whether it's traffic lights noise you know cell phones computers TV music all that stuff so it really takes us back to a state in which our brains have evolved and developed to be in and it really makes things more clear so my question then is how do you ensure that all this clarity that you sort of achieve out there how do you bring that back home do you take notes of like I should really tell this person what they mean to me or you know I should like tell my parents I love them more often yeah. like do you, how do you how do you reconcile that mountain mic with city mic yeah I think a lot of it just kind of comes in in naturally it's just kind of like an organic thing of you know you're here and you're in a comfort zone and you just you just really do appreciate little things and people a little bit more in those little friendly encounters of how to be a better person but especially after you saying that right now Maybe I should take some notes because <laughs> it's one of those things that it, it does kind of come and go and it can be frustrating when you come back to civilization. When you do meet people out on the trail, I'm sure you can attest to it. It's the nicest people. Yeah, These people are willing to do anything and everything for you. If they had one granola bar left, they'll share half of it with you. Right. When if, you know, if you're in a pinch here at home with the craziness and busyness of life, um, it's kind of just fend for yourself out there. You know, in situations where I have seen other people on the trail, you're, you're in it together, it's it's a team, and if you're ever hurt or in a situation, you'd lay yourself down to help that person out, and right. that, doesn't, that doesn't happen here. Yeah, right. Ab- absolutely. Well, I mean, you, you document pretty much all these trips. You've got a vlog on YouTube, so I mean, that would be a really easy way to like, hey, video note, I should, you know, you could talk to someone Something, directly, right? Exactly. Do you find doing the video takes you out of the moment at all? That is the best question you'll probably ask today, and one, <laughs> That a, a good friend of mine challenge accepted. Yeah, okay. <laughs> a good friend, a friend of mine, um, Brooke Wilson. She's a big Instagram sensation. She's the f- female version of me, and we had a huge discussion on this because so many people they'll get in, and they'll be so in the moment, or they'll take the th- themselves so out of the moment by just having to go in and document and take the perfect picture and the perfect shot at any given time just for social media to create that content and it can totally pull you out of that situation. So that's why I really enjoy the video aspect of things because it's already doing just what I'm doing. Um, And Brooke and I, we had a good discussion on that because there's been times where she's been in that situation because with different sponsors to go in and try to get that perfect shot in that perfect moment where it kind of becomes work rather than the enjoyment for what you're really there to do, to get that reset. And so I try to make sure that I'm not going out of my way to be over the top with, you know, just creating content. I just want to show kind of that real raw, what it's like to be out there and maybe inspire some other people to get out there and do something like what I'm doing with a group of friends or just sit back and go, 
man, that, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So you just kind of hold the GoPro at certain moments, and yeah. and or do you use a GoPro? Yeah, I use a GoPro. Yeah, yeah and that's another big one. I could go pack in twenty thousand dollars worth of equipment and drones and this and that, but then all of a sudden that becomes a whole other full time job and kind of takes me out of the moment. I've got a little camera that weighs absolutely nothing, and I go in and just you know I could up that professionalism a little bit, but I. I don't want more professionalism. I want to show what it's like. Right. You know what I mean? I it's want, not I want, glamorous. I want people to see that experience, right? I, I do go in and I do a little bit of the editing so it's not dry and boring, but you get the, you get a feel of what it's like to be out there and, right. I, and what your personal experience, if you decide to make that plunge to go do that, what you might expect. Right. You almost need a, a drone that can just follow you around at a set distance. Oh, they're going to come up with them. Just put on like a wristband and have them follow you Have around. you seen the Lily drone that they advertised? I haven't seen that yet. It was just like four years ago or three years ago. It was a drone. You kind of throw it up in the air. You've got a wristband on, just yeah. like you said, and you can control different modes so it either falls from behind or it'll fall in front of you yeah. or it'll do continuous circles around you at a set distance. Yeah. But it never came into full production because... No it had no um, crash avoidance sensors. Right. So if you walk through a door of a building, it just smacks the side of the building and oh, falls no. down. Yeah. <laughs> so that, but the, the, the video, the YouTube video promoting it showed people wakeboarding, showed people oh, surfing or skiing or doing all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so hopefully one of those eventually comes out for you yeah. because one of your videos, you're, you're going across the side of a mountain with a chain yeah. and you're holding onto a chain with one hand and holding, holding your camera with the other hand. Yeah. And like I like to challenge myself. I like doing crazy stuff. But to me, that was like, holy shit, this guy is like right on the edge. Still getting that perfect shot though. Yeah. Right? Was that a little sketchy? That was a little sketchy. No, normally, it's not too bad if you were to do that in summer. But then it just had a little bit of rain. So it was icy below. And I'm looking down halfway through as I'm across the chain hanging off the side of a mountain of a fall into your for sure death. And you go like, what on earth am I doing right now? But then looking back, it was a good shot. So it was of course, and that's that's what really captures your right. moment, like that. And exactly like you said, your content is about the realism of it. And when you're actually contemplating the fact, you can see it in your face that yeah. like if I fall, I die. Yeah, yeah, it's right? real and it's real. Like this, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here right now. What with all these adventures, what do you hope to do? Like, what's exciting you about life, and you know, what what do you want to steer this career into? So it's so funny because I don't see it as a career. This is one that I'm just, I'm open to whatever, you know, going in with no intentions and where it takes me, it takes me, um, you know, it took me to this podcast. It's taken me to, you know, meet a lot of really cool people and have a lot of different um, sponsorships. And, you know, I just try to go in with no intentions on this one. I don't know if I want it to become work. I'm open to the idea of something of that, but I don't want... Um, I don't want to lose touch with why I'm doing this. Right. Um, you mentioned in one of your Facebook posts doing um, the Banff Film Festival. Yeah. Is that is that <clears throat> still a goal of yours to submit some work there? It might be, but again, those guys are more of the high end production, mm -hmm. bringing out a lot of equipment and going out with the sole purpose of documenting something. Right. So as I kind of did an evaluation of what really do I want. Um, that might be something that I taper myself back from. Right. Yeah. It, that would probably be more like a camera crew following you and you not having to worry about the production, right? right? Like you still get to go and enjoy your trip, but these guys have to go up the hill with the gear and, and capture you doing your thing, right? Exactly. Yeah, and that and that's always the cool, the cool thing where I really respect, there's a lot of those survival TV shows, 
but they always do have a camera crew and I'm not sure if you're familiar with Survivor Man yeah that guy was really cool because he shot all his own stuff right which was a whole other a whole other beast to you know shoot a high quality TV show when it's just you so right. it's very respectable of him to do that but so he's got to like walk ahead set the camera, camera. up on a tripod walk oh. back out of frame walk past it as if nothing's as if it's the first time he's got there right like, so the 20k or whatever he's doing is you know 60 right he's going so, so out of his way and having all the gear and batteries and charging and all that kind of stuff so it's it's a there's a lot more to it than uh, right the surface level definitely not something you're interested in doing it that way right no no that's good stay in the moment yeah um so do you want to mention your sponsors at all who sponsors you like and what do they what, uh, what do they do yeah, I'm not gonna go in and mention okay. all of that kind of stuff I'm all not right. gonna be there promoting too much okay no that's fair um so back in Edmonton then what do you do with your life so I own a personal training company uh, FitMD Personal Training Services. We have been in business now for, which is crazy, seven years. Wow, congrats. We've been doing seven years of business. Um, you know, we're a, we're a small company, but we try to provide a very high level of, of work. Um, we try to be very real with health and wellness. Um, it's very unfortunate that the fitness industry, I'm sure you've noticed, is, can be very scammy. Mm -hmm. They're very... Superficial. You know, yeah. You know, twenty nine ninety nine twelve week transformation plan will fix everything, or this gluten button booty workout, or go do a fitness competition and launch a company, and you're an expert with no certification. And uh, we try to get away from all that and dispel some of those myths and bring a very real approach to what is it actually going to be like to change your body, to change your life, to work towards your goals, and you know maybe telling people what they don't want to hear right. because that's the truth. So that's what we try to bring, um, bring to the table with our company. So how do you reconcile people's goals with maybe what's necessarily in your head as like sort of a, a good pursuit of fitness, like a credible pursuit of fitness? Because you know you seem like the guy that believes functional fitness, right? Mm -hmm. Like just do things that are gonna help you in the rest of your life and be fit to accomplish whatever it is that you wanna do. But there are the people who go to the gym who just wanna bulk up, who just wanna add 40 pounds of muscle right. and you know be sort of a, a juice monkey walking around mm -hmm. so do you ever have people like that come to you and do you kind of say look our, our goals don't really align here this isn't what I do or, or do you work with everyone uh, so anytime that we sit down for one of our initial con consultations that's for myself and that's for them both because mm -hmm. there needs to be a good connection with trainer and client um, there's times where I sit down and I go you know I don't think that person I want to work with them or you know if they want to go in and they want to do a bodybuilding show, I'm not gonna be your guy for that. So right. I'm just gonna refer out, I have a list of people that I think are good for each of those niches and I can refer them out. Um, but I do work with a fairly broad spectrum of people as well. Um, sometimes people, when they come in, they, they think they know what they want, but you kinda need to reevaluate of how they can reach that goal. Cause there's a lot of different, you know, people they go in and I, I'm a big promoter of um, how do you say this performance performing well and if you're performing well and reaching goals and you're getting good at doing things that your body's going to be a byproduct of your performance right so you're actually working better at getting better at specific tasks goals and things and you're looking better because of that where so much of the time it's kind of that endless cycle of well my goal is to put on 40 pounds of muscle mass or my goal is to lose 60 pounds and until you reach that goal of you know a 40 pound gain or a 60 pound loss you're not happy mm -hmm. 
But if you're performing, getting better at something along the way, you kind of get that instant gratification of like, man, I'm actually getting better at something. So it makes that whole journey a lot more enjoyable along the way. Because if all you want to do is lose 60 pounds, that's a, that's a little bit of a, a long way if you're not enjoying it, right? Right. There's a couple of things you said there that I want to unpack. And, and that is goals in fitness aren't necessarily great. It's good to have yardsticks, I think, measurements. But a goal insinuates that you're at the end of your pursuit, right? right. And fitness is, for all intents and purposes, a lifelong thing. You're not going to get that extra 30 pounds of muscle or drop down below 10% body fat and then you're done. Yeah. And I think that's a problem for a lot of people is they set up fitness as this sort of end game, like this is where I want to get to, not realizing that it's not an end result, it's a journey, right? Yeah. And, and your fitness level is, sort, is what results from a great lifestyle. And people who wanna lose weight, it's not because they want to lose weight. They don't want to be physically smaller. They want to feel better about themselves. And that's yeah. the most important thing psychologically, I think, is that if you're comfortable with what you're doing, it doesn't really matter what you look like. If you know that you're doing the best that you can, yeah. who's to say your body shape is right or wrong? Yeah. And you know, people just want to feel good and comfortable and they want to feel loved. And, and so I think when, when they set up that goal of getting into really good shape and they get there, and they're no no more love for it because they're not fixing like themselves and their and their reflection on themselves. They're they're just going for a short term fix of like, hey, let's get in really good shape. Right. Because there's a big psychological aspect of all of that too. Mm -hmm. It's not just the physical changes. And uh, when you're looking for people trying to reach a goal, it's so funny because you're you're never going to be done. If you would have taken where I'm at now, you know, appearance wise and my physical capabilities, and you told the 10 year ago me, like this is gonna be you and here you are, I'd be like, done, I'm, I'm good, I'm done. Yeah. And I look at myself now and I'm, I'm nowhere near where I wanna be in mm -hmm. any aspect of my training. Mm -hmm. That's, you're always gonna be wanting more yeah. and just pushing for that little bit extra. So you're never gonna be done. You're always gonna be where, you can be happy with where you're at and content and that's very good, but you're never, you're never gonna be done. It's a, it's a small incremental gains and in that strive to get better consistently, yeah. which allows you to turn fitness and pursuit of whatever into a long-term journey, basically, yeah. right? Um, so with your eating plans, yeah. do, you, do you just eat kind of whatever the body looks at? Like, I think I read that you used to be way more concerned with your meal prep and you used to measure and moderate right. and manage all that. And now it seems like you're just a little bit more casual with it. Yeah. Um, again, that's very specific to each individual person's needs and goals. So, you know, f for me, where I'm at personally in my life, I've done the tracking thing, I've done the healthy eating thing, the flexible dieting thing. So essentially where I'm at with my personal is just intuitively eating. So if I'm very active, I'm gonna eat more. If I'm less active, I'm gonna eat less and just, you know, connecting and feeling with where you're at and knowing your body well, um, but there's a different approach for every single person of where their goals, needs are, and I look at that person individually. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, we could get into that for hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so with your, your city mic and your mountain mic, which, which part are you looking to grow more right now? Are you looking to be in the mountains more? Are you looking to expand sort of your, your business with FitMD more? Yeah. And what else are you doing? Because you, it seems, seems like, like I'm doing everything. You do right? everything, right? And I, I appreciate that. I'm a guy who tries to do everything as well. Yeah. Yeah, I try not to sleep. I just, I'm kind of <laughs> on the go and go and go and go. 
Um, with the mountain mic stuff, I'm pretty content with where that's at. You know, I'm, I'm in the mountains two, three, four times a month, and I feel very fortunate that FitMD um, allows me to have that flexibility to get out there. Um, and it's, you know, people are trying to ask, like, do you still train or do you only do mountain stuff? Right. And that becomes a little bit of a concern to me of, okay, I should probably put myself out there a little bit that my business is still, you know, the meat and potatoes of what I do. Right. Right. So that's been more my focus is to continue to build my business. I'm not one of those just, you know, out there front and center and promote, promote, promote. Um, if people want to find me, they can find me, but I'm not going to be the out there in your face person. Mm -hmm. uh, after being established for this period of time, it is a very nice referral network, you know, of people coming in. So it's, I don't need to promote those ads right. so much. Um, it might be something I'm going to do a little bit more now. Uh, I would like to grow my online business because that gives me the flexibility to work um, on location of wherever I am, wherever I am. So sometimes I'm in the mountains and I'm just working on some, some emails or whatever yeah. I need to do. And yeah, just give me that flexibility and openness to do whatever I want, wherever I want, and still work and help people, which that, is cool. That sounds ideal. Have you ever had uh, clients ask to join you on any of your trips? Yeah, for sure. And, and I've, ta I've taken some out and that's one uh, where I, I think it, two weeks from now, a client of mine is gonna be coming out on her first ever mountain trip. And I'm super excited because I've done so many of them and to see someone's totally out of their element, I get such a kick out of, you know, For see, sure. seeing them and how new and crazy and open is. Cause I'm just like anything after you do it for a while, you just get used to it. And to see the enjoyment in them brings out a lot of enjoyment to myself. Absolutely. And That's it must be cool. really rewarding for them to know that all the hard work they're putting in actually translates to real success and that real improvement. A hundred, right? you've nailed it. Yeah, you nailed it. So do you prefer to go alone or so not alone with your dog, Bear Bear? Bear Bear, bear or just Bear? Bear Bear. bear Everyone's bear? dog's name's Bear, so I had to name him Bear twice. Bear twice? Uh, what kind of dog is he? Uh, he's a shepherd lab cross and he's a rescue and found him at four weeks freezing on a farm. Wow. So Changed his life. Changed his life. Changed your life probably. Oh, 100%. I don't know. I don't think I'd be doing this if it wasn't for him, to be honest. That's incredible. Yeah. Have, has there has there been any issues with him on any trips? Like in one of your posts, you mentioned that you've got to be really careful with dogs. you got lots of water, make sure their paws are doing well. Yeah. Um, has there been any problems with Bear Bear? Um, it is always a liability when you're going with your furry friend because you know his paws can get beat up. He could sustain an injury. So it's, his paws have been pretty beat up. They've been chewed up, but he is the most amazing companion to have out there. Um, one thing with that spot, if you were to call on a helicopter, yeah. a lot of the time they will not take. Come on. Yeah. That's their official they, policy. They need, to, they need to change that. Has that ever happened where they've left oh, I'm sure. Behind? I'm sure it has. I, I'm, 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 I'm not kidding. I, I'd have to seriously be near death in yeah. order to leave them behind. As a human being... Like flying as a the helicopter. Pilot. I think I'd not? have to hold them hostage. Yeah. I think I'd have to hold them hostage. Listen, so you got to take my, you got to take my dog, or this is gonna get a little out of control. Well, that would be an interesting predicament because if you refuse to not leave your dog behind, I assume that one of the people on board is a doctor or a medic, and or something's gonna happen. And right? isn't it part of their code that they have to help if they can help? So if you say that I'm not leaving without my animal, yeah. they can't leave you there. So I assume you could kind of put the <laughs> metaphorically put the gun to their head and they'll be like, fuck, I guess we're just taking the dog, you know? Yeah. Because otherwise, you'd just be like, I'm staying here and I'm going to die and you're going to let me die. I, I see. I, 
It'd be an I hope I'm never in that situation. Right, of course I not. really do. But uh, it is just weird the connection you can have with an animal. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely in, incredible how much that little furry thing means to me. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we diverged from the question I asked yeah. you, but do you prefer to go just with uh, Bear Bear? Do you prefer to go in kind of groups? Every or with a single of way of camping is amazing and different. Whether, you know, we have a trailer, we'll go, go trailer camping with friends. It's super fun. Going out backcountry camping with a group of friends. That's super fun. Mm -hmm. Going out solo is the biggest challenge and the one that psychologically um, you really need to overcome. So I feel like that's the most challenging one. So I, I enjoy that for a whole spectrum of different reasons. Uh, I can't say I have a favorite because with friends is more fun, alone is more of a challenge. So it's kind of whatever you're feeling on a given day. Yeah. Um, the reason I do go out solo so much it's because I really, really do try to push those boundaries um, mentally and physically, and I try to go hard and I try to go fast, and I have a flexible schedule, yeah. so I can take the Fridays off and go for the, the three day trips quite mm -hmm. often if I need to, and um, not everyone has that flexibility, so I, I'm very fortunate for that. So, with your <clears throat> obvious affinity for the mountains, have you ever considered moving to our southern neighbor Calgary? Oh man, I mean, you know, we're, I feel like we're so much the same city, but they're 45 minutes away. Yeah. And I do eight hours of driving three or four times a month. Yeah, it's a realistic uh, scenario. Um, it is, you're an Edmonton guy, right? I'm an Edmonton guy. I'm born and raised here. And, you know, I'm so established with friends and family. I've, I lived in uh, Vernon, BC for, for a summer, and it made me realize home is where your family is. Yeah. Um, so I don't see that ever being a thing but uh it definitely rides in the back of my mind that who knows who knows what the what the future holds for me fair enough um just circling back to something you said about you're not the type of guy to to show off and to you know you just kind of document what you do it's not about making it's not about getting there for the picture it's mm -hmm. just about doing it yeah so where do you see the line drawn between sharing and between showing off because yeah. there's so many people out there who you know shirtless pics of them doing like like crazy stuff but you can just tell there's that like it's lacking the substance you can tell that they're doing it to get the attention yeah so like where do you think the line is drawn you there? mean showing off in which in which well way? just like and it can it doesn't have to be these big trips but just you know there's people who post pictures of them doing stuff outside consistently and it, it it just seems very obvious that they're just trying to show off how good they look without a shirt on right um and then there's people who go out and and do things and don't even document it so there's two mm -hmm. kind of ends of the spectrum yeah um and you know some people will be shameless and just you know like look how good i look and some people will try and be coy about it and, right and you know it's like the girls on the beach being like look at this beautiful sunset when their ass is taking up three quarters of the <laughs> yeah. shot right yeah so like where's the line between just sharing right and showing off well in the fitness industry um sex sells there's no secret to that any supplement you'll ever see the, the chick's not fully clothed the guy's not fully clothed they're in a bikini the guy's in, in some shorts and they're trying to show that our product or what we have to offer this is how it is mm -hmm. um so that is such a big part in the fitness industry and i didn't want to go down that route of just hey look at me i, I have abs mm -hmm. going in it's like Hey, look at me. I use my body in so many different ways to try to, you know, do cool things. I just like doing cool stuff. And I don't think there's anything wrong with showing off what you what you work for. Um, but 
just for me, I didn't want to go down the sex sells route. Right. Um, maybe there's some elements of that in there. Um, but when someone is trying to promote a product or a business, you do need to put yourself out there because you do need to get found. Um, I try to do it in the way of producing good content so that people follow and respect that content and they look forward to it. Where I feel like the you know the shirtless selfies and the, the ass beach pictures, <laughs> they're a little bit overdone these days. And I would like to see people um, producing better content with good captions, being informative and actually offering someone value versus just you know a nice a nice picture to look at there's a lot of nice looking people to look at but um how can you peel back those layers and see a little bit more you right know what i mean exactly and i think so. your content is is the perfect example of offering quite a bit deeper stuff than than, than the superficial right yeah. i just like the the more than a meathead more than a meathead. more than a meathead i want to get that hashtag going that you can you can be big, you can be in shape, and go in and do all your gym stuff, but do something a little bit more. Right. That unless you really, really love and are passionate about bodybuilding or the physique competitions, mm -hmm. that you can you can do more. You have this body that's the most amazing vehicle. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely incredible, and we only have it for a handful of years of in our prime. Yeah. So get out and enjoy it. Memento mori. Remember, you two will die. Yeah. Um, so what's coming up next for you? Do you have any? bigger trips planned? Do you have any challenges that you're, you're, are upcoming that you're really going to tackle? Uh, next year, I want to get into some more competitive cycling. That's a, something I've fallen in love with, uh, road cycling this year. Which have I you seen Icarus? I would. Pardon me? Have no, you I seen Icarus? No, I have not. Oh, Icarus, you got to watch this documentary. Yeah. So it's about this guy, uh, Paul Hogan or some Paul Rogan. Yeah. He, uh, he does a documentary, starts a documentary on cycling and doping. Yeah. So he does this, the hardest amateur race in France. It's basically the Tour de France, but yeah. the amateur version. One year, and then he starts a doping cycle yeah. and starts going through he that. He documents his doping documents cycle? Documents his doping cycle to do it for the next year. Oh, that's cool. But in the process of documenting it, yeah. gets hooked up with the Russian doctor who's supposed to oversee his doping, uncovers the entire Russian Federation doping scandal that goes back decades. No. So his documentary pivots yeah. on a dime because this is way more interesting and deep. And he and it documents the whole thing about the cuz you heard about the scandal with the Russian athletes, Yeah, right? of course. Yeah. This guy captures it all. Yeah. The the guy who is in charge of the program for years. Yeah. It's wildly fascinating. Icarus. That whole dark side of sport. Yeah. And I know we were going to talk a little bit about fitness competitions mm -hmm. and that side of things as well, which again could be a whole other segment. Oh yeah, for but sure. But you know, for the average general fitness person, uh, they have no idea what goes on behind the scenes of, you know, the deep and dirty dark secrets of what goes on in especially professional sport. Then when there's money on the line, um, you know, people push those boundaries every which way that they possibly can. Yeah. Humans will do anything to get ahead, right? Yeah. And it's incredible. And yeah, looking for the short fix or looking for the competitive advantage. And, you know, it's it's sad because the mentality ends up becoming, well, everyone's doing it, right? And that then, you know, even if you morally are in a good position, you look at that with, you know, college football players. Mm -hmm. In order to make it through the combine to show and perform, you've went all this way clean, but you've got this... If you just perform on this combine, the only way that you're going to be anywhere near, you should probably dope. Yeah. And that's going to, what, get you those multi-million dollar contracts if you do. So you're put between a rock and a hard place of, what am I going to do? Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, it's 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 a it's an unfortunate topic, but again, one that we could unpack for hours yeah. down the line. Um, so sorry, I interrupted you though. You want to get into cycling? Yeah. So I want to. I, I would like to competitively cycle. So I have, you know, I put so much time into it, mm-hmm. and I always look at that as if I'm putting the time in, how can I elevate myself to get the most out of it, to push myself to take on a new challenge, and uh, you know, that's just one that's going to seem natural that if I'm putting the time in. I'm gonna give it a go so that's perfect one. <laughs> that's good well mike uh, i appreciate you coming on thank you um, so much is there anything else that you had that you wanted to chat about no i i think my personal philosophy i like it i like having uh <laughs> i like having fun and being happy and i think people need to have an internal look at what really truly does make them happy and do a little bit more of that mm. you know it's easy to get caught up in the grind of life of go, go, go and go to work and maybe plop home and watch a TV show. But at the end of the day, if that's making you happy, go for it. But is there something else that really a true burning desire of something passionate at the end of the day, at the end of the weekend to go, man, I had a, I had a really kick ass weekend that that was really cool. Yeah. And to do that for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And like getting out into the wilderness, eliminating those distractions really puts those priorities into focus right so i think the city just offers too many distractions we just get caught up in it we don't know what we want and get you know nine to five 40 hours a week and nine to five putting your hours mountains if that's what you want to do they're not far away they really aren't that far away shed a couple hours of sleep get out there do something cool and have an unreal experience i love it so thank you so much for having me on i appreciate it where can people find you on uh instagram and youtube and twitter and uh, Instagram is probably the best hub if you just search Michael Dietrich, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D-I-E-T-R-I-C-H. You will find me on there as Mountain Mike. Perfect. And I'll, right. I'll link everyone on my Instagram, on my Facebook, on my Twitter. Right on. Get the word out. Get uh, people yeah. watching your videos because they're really quite spectacular. Awesome. I've done a lot of that stuff and even seeing you do that gets my heart going. It's pretty impressive. Pretty so. cool. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Cheers. Have a good one. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to me. If there's anyone you would like to see on this show, let me know because I aim to give the people what they want. Please go out and share this, subscribe, let everyone know that I'm doing this because you guys are my lifeblood.